Is your company data rich and insight poor? This is the topic of our show today. This is Brand Igniter, helping brand leaders achieve exceptional business results. Here is your host, Peter Rodriguez. I am Peter Rodriguez, a charter marketer and CMO of Brand Igniter Inc. I welcome you to our podcast. I thank you for listening and I hope you find value in our content. Brand Tips brings knowledge and advice for brand management based on the real-life marketing and business experience that marketers and business leaders find valuable. Today, Mike Ferrell and I are talking about data versus insight. Mike is one of North America's true thought leaders on contemporary trends and value studies. Mike is the president of RL Insight. It's so great to see you and uh, very excited to talk about the topic that uh, we are so uh, passionate about. You have been working in this field for uh, so many years and you're an expert at understanding insight and translating that into strategies. What do you think about what's going on in, in, in the confusion between all of these things that are misconstrued as research? It's true. Um... Thank you. I am passionate about this. It's um, yeah. I get I get clients all the time, or especially new clients who say that they do all the research all the time. But really, at the end of the day, what they're doing is quite often they're collecting data and they're looking at it and tracking it against KPIs and stuff like that, which is really important. But but at the end of the day, it's not really true research that can redefine you know a product offering or make them really understand their customers. So. Um, yeah, it, it, it's important to me, this whole idea that this, this, there's a stream of analytics out there that, that and you see it all the time, you know, um, job positions that come at you from LinkedIn or whatever, you know, and it's like it, it's data analytics, research lead, you know, and that's important. But there's there's a difference, a stream of analytics that's being misconstrued. You were saying as research. I agree. It's, it's, it's really important to keep on top of all those things like engagement, purchase behavior linked to individual personal data points. Uh, like how many credit cards the person has or what type of customer member they are. But but alone, I, I really do believe that it dehumanizes the customers, members or citizens. It really matters. It doesn't matter if you're a government, they're doing it. Not-for-profit, they're doing it. Privates yeah. are doing the same thing, going, we got all the data. But they not, quite often don't know what to do with it. And, it. and it runs the risk of thinking you're doing research when in fact what you're often doing is just monitoring and feeding the beast this is what I call it, feeding a beast of automated advertising. And this is something I'm passionate about too. You see it come through. It's the negative mental health impacts of aspirational, unattainable social media. So it's like, it's, it's just making us all go like this all the time. Uh, that, that's my personal opinion. So I think, you know, you need to see, hear, and understand your customers and members. And that doesn't mean physically, but, you know, not, not a lot, you know, you don't have to do focus groups and stuff, but there's something about meeting people and talking with them and, and understanding them and, and listening rather than just tracking them. Right. And I think that, that we run the risk as a society overall to, uh, to dehumanize who we are. It's, it's sort of like, a, you know, the capitalist agenda, which we're all part of really going at it. So you can lose touch. So and as my business says, I, my tagline for, for Feral Insight is it's a human journey. And I always like to remind my clients that, you know, I'm going to be telling you stories about the humans that, that, that you're purveying your goods or your ideas or your services to. And, and I think that's important. So right off the bat, that's yeah. important. I got a few different, um, 
examples that I could show you, but go. I've, I've already pontificated a lot. Well, you know, I think that this is a perfect uh, um, start to our conversation. And um, from a marketing and strategy perspective, I couldn't agree more because I think that both of them go hand in hand, understanding consumers before you can attempt to persuade consumers to do anything. And um, at the end of the day, the simplest ideas come from very deep insight. Um, and I think that that you don't see that that frequently. You see a lot of data in as a and as a marketer, I can tell you that there is all this talk about technology and how do we capture and use more and more data, but there is very little about how do we influence people? How do we create something that is valuable? How do we create something that is relevant and distinctive for an individual so that they can um, prefer and stay with the brand and value it to a point that they want to pay a premium for it? That I think that that journey, uh, commercial journey, starts with the human journey and ends in the human journey to your point. So uh, I'd love to hear your, what, what do you think, why do you think that we have to some extent lost this? Because I am also very passionate about getting the insight first and building on that insight so that we can create business. But where where have we lost touch with this as a, uh, as the foundation of marketing. I, th I think it's sort of like, well, this talks to a larger issue or, or a larger sort of context, I think, in our society right now. We're after quick hits all the time. We're after um, doing things quickly. In a way, I would say it's almost laziness. It's like, in a way, you want all these great technological tools to just sort of do your work for you. And in lots of ways, they do. And so if, if, if you're in charge of a department and, uh, you know, uh, you've got all this data, let's say you're in technology, something like Rogers, you know all about these people. You know how often they're online and everything. There must be ways to, to turn that into uh, data points that, that can turn into action. And there are, you know, and there's lots of great work that can happen there. But I think people just lose touch with, with what, what they're really doing. And I think it speaks to sort of a, like you said, a dehumanization that's happening out there. Overall, we become data points. And this is, this is a malady of our times. And, I, and you see it come through in research and people don't understand it. So that, that, that really is what it's all about. And um, it, it's sad. I, I, it, as we're talking about this, I remember a lot of the great work I like to do, the work I love to do the most is when I've worked with a client and um, we've set up like a panel or something um, where we can actually, you know, you either, you know, it depends how long it is. It, sometimes you, you, you change them up over, over, over time, of course, but, but and, 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 and you can tell a client that really understands the value of, of insight versus research is when they really want to get in there and go, oh yeah, so um, I've got some ideas. I want to run them by the crew so we can just sort of get a feel for where, where, where this is going to land with our clients or we have an issue we really want to talk to let's talk to the panel first and that's always a great thing talk with them not just to them have this sort of personal journey it reminds me of uh, some of my most favorite projects I've ever had in my life have been the ones where you co-create something with your customers and you know that doesn't mean you you know you know I I, I just I I remember those and those were the ones that that win the awards everybody's like oh my god they they got these kids or youth or something, you know, back in the days of bibliography and they, 
they actually talked to them and then they they brought them in and, and they and you know we did all amazing things like early on we we, we uh one of the first award-winning projects we did was for Kellogg's and it was called the Jacks Pack where we we had all these uh connected kids in a panel it was the first like computer panel with kids like that was a long time ago but they were across the country working with with the, then the director of marketing a guy called um uh oh, i forget his name mark great guy um but uh and and they came up with ideas for a new brand and then they they actually turned it into a, a bit of a you know sort of a little pilot but more importantly they they had their 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 faces and their names on on the on the back of the boxes and and new promotions and things like that and it goes right through you know work i've done in in, in the past with the with the with the uh, either the federal or the provincial government um involving people in you know urban planning you know like actually not just a survey but actually sit down let's talk about it talk to an urban planner talk to the minister of infrastructure and go what are we going to do so you know it, it it means so much when you have a room full of say younger people or older people whatever that have been working on something and then you know and and it, they've been working hand in hand with a with with say a, a government and, and then you know in comes the the premier you know and they sit down and they listen and they go we really heard what you have to say and now we're going to go test it and figure out all the volumetrics but you've done your job you know and that's that's insight that's where you care about the thing and what you want to do is boil it down to an emotion rather and that's the, i think that's that's what it's uh, the difference between research and insight is i think research is like the act of it it's methodology it's it's the act of getting input surveys groups panels consumer data tracking data um this is where you experience uh, the ongoing evolution of how to get input and data that'll help you find insight that refines into recommendations actions and solutions so data plus data can start to point you in the direction of insight but it's but that's not insight just when you have the data doesn't mean it's insight so when you have a track a, a graph that's not insight it's it's what you do with that right and and so an example i had was i just did um something here in prince edward county i i helped uh, out our local police force with their strategic plan you know and did some data did some surveys um talked to the talked to the consumer uh, consumers i guess the consumers of the product right force and enforcement and it is true yeah They're, they consume and, the final output yes and so we saw you know we, we we saw that there was a bunch of different gaps there you know what they want and then how the they're performing that's that's great data um and and lack of presence was a problem so how to remedy uh, that and and we came up with the idea you know they need more presence and but what was that really speaking to and then we went back to our qual and the stories that were told by the young and old residents it turns out the older folks yearned for the old days when the cops knew what what you know knew you and what you did and and you know and that was okay and they knew them um while younger ones were also keen to know what the cops are doing to personalize them rather than just being these robots with guns that could potentially like give you a ticket or get you in trouble um and it's a search back to our topic for real human connections and the link to a more kind and accessible police force it was everywhere from knowing what the cops are doing ray diversity and gender uh in the workforce to mental health and not uh and not being about force but about compassion we piloted uh, a service worker to be on the front lines of mental health issues women to be part of the response around domestic violence and to have a more walking presence of cops meeting in local town halls 
uh, police student groups to the local high school. So really at the end of the day, we, we saw this data, but, but then you talk to them and you work with the police force and you talk about what you want to do. And at the end of the day, it was about an ongoing two-way conversation and the insight there that in essence, what they're asking for when they say police presence, it's about comfort, community, and kindness. And that's a lot different than we want presence so we can like, you know, uh, get people off the roads or into jail or whatever. It's a, it's a very big difference. And, you know, you can come up with those insights just by looking at the data and go, well, of course they just want more presence. That means more cops and more enforcement. Or you could talk with them, build up the picture and go, it's not about that actually. It's, it's about, it's less about enforcement and more about comfort, community and kindness. And that then frame that insight frame the entire strategic plan, which is going off. It's doing very well out here. So it's just a small, small little insight there or a small little example. Congratulations. I think, and you know, I am um, very excited to hear that at the end of all this journey, you came back to something that is meaningful for the user, consumer and public. Call it whatever you need to call it, because sometimes when we call them consumers, we get a little tripped up, but at the end of the day, they're consuming they're using the final service. So anyway, so when I say consumers, it's that final user. But you came to that very simple um, human ideas. And I'm going to just repeat that because I found that incredibly powerful. So you're talking about comfort, community, and kindness. Those are values, aspirational values for every human. And humans, when we hear those, that we when we see those, then we connect more easily. But that um, that that certainly stands way above just the superficial actions that you can have. When you have that deep connection, then that's when people are start listening. So I find that incredibly valuable. So, but how do you? Let me ask you, like, when you see the output, like in this case everybody gets excited. My clients get excited when they say, oh yes, this is about X, Y, or Z emotion. But how do you get people to pause and let you do your work? Because this doesn't come overnight. You have to do a lot of work to get to this simple, simple quote, quote unquote solution. How do you get people to listen and say, yes, Mike, go ahead and do and get us and guide us through this journey? Well, I, I, I guess I, I, I really, I think any engagement I have as a researcher is, is and that's, this might be different from, sort of, you know, I'm not monitoring data as much. I'm sort of taking data and doing things with it and, and, and it becomes a project. So something like that, you know, um, it was just a standard, I don't know, it took, took maybe six weeks, eight weeks totally to get done from start to finish. So it didn't take too much time, but for some people that want the answer right away, yeah, that's a problem. So I guess you sometimes need to, uh, as a researcher, you need to sit down and go, okay, the objectives are this, is this burning hot or is this, is this or, or, you know, is it a tactical issue right off the bat or is it strategic? I always like to take the tactical thing and go, okay, how does this play to a strategy and, and sort of see what we can go, but you never know how, how what, what leeway the client has. I think generally, if they're coming to you to, to help define something they, and, and they're coming to me, they're going to be looking for some strategy and they're going to be looking for a higher story that they can sort of pin pin to. I, 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 I don't think, uh, yeah, you really just have to figure out a tactical strategy and, and, and off you go. Mm -hmm. But so, I, you know, yeah. it takes some time. 
One thing I have noticed is that, you know, panel work used to be kind of very popular and it's not mm -hmm. as popular now. The idea of an ongoing resource that you can always go to because clients end up going, who do I put on this for my client team to do this? And I'm always going, well, I can handle that. But they always want to have, you know, their client, they want to sort of take a look at it too. That is something that is sort of, that's really ongoing. That's and longitudinal um, input sort of on a qual level isn't as popular now and uh, I have noticed a few clients that are starting to do it uh, I've got one client that I work with in the states big customer service client like they're the they, they make all the software and design all the software for for the entire customer service world so you know um, pretty interesting client and they actually just launched um, a, a, an employee panel or a consumer panel uh, so, so I'm excited about that. I'm, they're running that internal, internally. Of course, I want them to run it with me, but hey, it, but it's just great that they're doing that. And I noticed one thing every year we do a study of American consumers and then we do a, uh, a study of, of, of American customer service agents. They're always called, you know, all the people that are taking your calls, asking you to pay, you know, whatever. Um, and this, this year, um, on the on the agent study, we're now oh yeah on on both we're calling them we're not calling them agents we're calling them persons you know and I'm going yes that's the and and that was sort of came through this employee panel and then they're now yeah they're they're people they're not just a customer service agent like a minion you know <laughs> they're they're actually a person and there's this notion that's been coming through this this study that I've been doing now for seven eight years I do two studies. It's been really interesting user for thought leadership and product development is this idea of the happiness factor and the idea that and it really changed the way they look at building systems over there and talking to their clients and new clients it's this idea of you know we we saw a data point that you know that that clients or customers in in the states even though they're very go-go so it's a very go-go culture it's kind of the definitive go-go culture america but when it comes down to it, the majority of Americans would rather spend a little more time with a happy agent slash person and still come to the rather than uh, rather than someone that can get to, to the answer and their success, whatever, uh, um, quicker, uh, if uh, but not that as engaged, not that happy. They'd rather work with a happier agent. That is so true. And I think that, you know, um, just the changing the definition from agent to person that is i mean so straightforward and at the same time people have to think about it and i wonder why we are we behave like that in business i think at the end of the day we're doing things for humans humans uh react in that way to human emotion and then that's how they become attached to it you know I, you reminded me of something that happened to me over the weekend which is i think it's quite relevant i um i needed a couple of uh i had a barbecue on the weekend and i um one of the things that i uh, was sure of was ice so i went to my local no frills um which is uh i usually uh shop there uh on uh on the weekends and then i couldn't find the ice and in that particular story, I said, and I went to the cashier and said, you know, um, this, how, where is the ice? I, I'd like to buy three bags of ice or whatever. And then she says, well, you know, she, she pointed to where it was, but I said, well, sure. And I couldn't see it still because it turns out that the ice was not in those big ice boxes, the, the lockers outside. It was inside the store in one of the, in the freezer section. 
So she stepped out, went, and I said, well, you know, I'm going to go get, uh, I'm going to check the price because I asked her, what is the price? So she went all the way there, grabbed the ice, and then she pointed at me and said, you know, it is so-and-so, this amount of money. How many do you want? And I said, well, you know, give me three or four, whatever it was. And she started bringing things to me. <laughs> and then I felt like, oh, you know, I'm going to go help her because, I mean, this lady was um, very kind, but she seemed to be obviously very busy. And at the same time, there was a lineup. But I just went this way and, and, and helped her grab my eyes. So I, when we came back to, to the uh to the cash register i was i couldn't be grateful enough to her because she had understood that i wanted something so simple as eyes i didn't know the price i didn't know where it was and she took the steps to see me as a person i was not just one more you know customer on the line but i was actually a person who wanted eyes for whatever i needed it for um so that human connection you know what happened because she took those steps to make me feel like a special individual to her, brought my uh, brand perception of no frills even higher. So I am speaking like great things about what? About Heather. Yeah, because this was, I asked her. Do you her know name. her name now? Yeah, now I know her name. And I, the, the positive feeling of um, service and connection and, 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 and a happy individual taking care of me, because she did this with a smile. I mean, she was like, hey, life is good and I'm going to help you. And there you go. Go have a great barbecue. That itself makes a huge difference so in my mind and i'm a marketer so I, i'm a, a, a it's not easy to convince me or convince you about brands because i can see right through all the strategies but this actually created that environment where there's a big check mark for no frills and um uh and, 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 and i think it's quite relevant to that it's just that emotion that you can create in a customer by understanding and listening and by showing a positive human honest smile um when doing interactions so i i think it's um it goes back to your example on the opp the ontario police um patrol i think it is about understanding that like when you go to comfort community and kindness then people start saying yes that's relevant that's important to me yeah no i agree that's a great story um and it's, it's funny i was just going back on um responded that that customer service client I had and that's exactly what you were just talking about and it's funny another thing we've found is that actually people you always hear about like uh, um, people you know you do a good thing and one person will know but if you do a bad thing you know everyone will know about the bad situation and I there's a bit of a truth out there but one thing we do find out is we ask you know um, we've identified over many years is that the Americans consumers anyway and I'm sure it's similar out here they will actually do the survey on, you know, you know, they go, hey, do you want to do, a, you know, they always, you have an interaction, they go, hey, um, you'll be, they usually pop up a survey, you know, did you get what you wanted? Did you, on a scale of one to five, would you, whatever, um, after you've been online with somebody or, or chatted with them or talked to a robot or whatever. But if you have a really good experience, actually, they're much more prone to do the survey, actually, 
rather than rather than uh, there's that old trope of you know hey i'm going to tell everybody something negative and and so bad stuff but actually it's the good stuff people are now talking about maybe because we're more surprised in this dehumanized world who knows but um yeah and, and it all comes down to that emotional connection i think that's what people not so if you're talking about research is one thing that's how you get to something and then the insight is something that should be grounded in cultural context and should have you know a meaning that's beyond the data that's not just like they do this it's they do this because and it speaks to this emotion so you know um i'll give you one last example um uh, and it, I'm, i'm doing some work with a, a major um, auto manufacturer right now and we're doing some employee i'm working with an agency and we're they do uh we're we're, we're looking doing an employee survey and a potential employee survey trying to create a new employee brand for this for this company because they have a whole batch of different they have their factories and they have their finance department and they have their marketing department and they all go to market differently with their employee brand so it's time to change that up and this is a big new area that we should probably talk about in another thing the idea of employee the employee brand but you know at the end of the day there's this big issue about um uh, back to back to work right you know uh, back to the office versus staying at home you know after covid we've all tried it out and it turned out people ended up being pretty productive and and actually you know got a little sick of the zoom etc and some people are dying to be at work but a lot of them don't want to have to be forced to be at work anymore they know that they have time and and i was talking to a client about this and they're kind of a little more conservative and they're like well we want them back at work and you know the, and i'm going well the data points are all pointing to the fact that you know they want flexibility and they don't want to go back to work but well they'll just learn or whatever and i'm going i think it's something that can't be unlearned and i think it came down to a cultural context and again it's about it's about it's not about what they want and you know and 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 sort of the uh convenience of it etc it's more about um it's about freedom independence and power mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and you know and once mm -hmm. that that pandora's box is open i'm going i don't know i don't care how big you are as a as a manufacturer you know you can't screw with that you know it like once people feel that power independence uh, and freedom they're not going to give it up easily then they just want that flexibility to say you know what i'm staying home i'm going to be right here i'm going to be at that meeting but you know what i got an errand to run with my kids and this makes my life easier so sorry i'll still get that deadline done but i'm going to do it here today mm -hmm. and that's my i'm not giving that up anymore and it's not just convenience it speaks to a it speaks to something much larger than any of us which is freedom independence and power so mm -hmm. and, and that that's what i those were the key notes i brought up to their their executive and they're like oh Well, it looks like we might have to consider this differently. <laughs> and you know, I think that that is again going to the deep root of what people are um, valuing these days. And it has shifted. I mean, with these two years of um, transformation, I'm not going to call it pandemic only, but it was a big transformation. It has been way of thinking. It has changed. And I think that uh, by understanding these three values or these three aspirational. You know, ways of feeling. People want to feel free. People want to feel independent. People want to feel empowered. And those three things, when you speak to those areas, then people start to to listen. But I find this fascinating, Mike, because I mean, um, when when you give a marketer like me this amount of insight, this um, the reasons why people actually are 
motivated, then you can start strategizing in a much more effective way. It's uh, in, 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 you can see, you can, you can easily see the difference between going with an insight and just with, a, uh, with an aggregated data that only tells you what is happening and not why it is happening. And I think that that is the huge difference that you're explaining. You're explaining the why people behave a certain way, why people would want to behave in a new way, and data on its own, as deep and as uh, abundant as it might be, is not presented that way. And I cannot tell you the number of times when I have met you know, a fellow professional saying, well, we know this about the consumer and it's a bunch of data points. And I have to say, well, you don't really know anything about the consumer because you're only aggregating the endpoints. I mean, what people are doing. I mean, how many cars do they have? How many credit cards do they have? How many times do they go to the um, grocery store? But it doesn't tell you, I mean, the story behind it. And that is why I think is uh, when you're very smartly creating for people to be able to make decisions. And this is something that not only marketers, but I think the higher levels in the organization, like the CEO level, should become familiar with. I mean, they should be asking those questions from their marketers. Do, do you know what they're doing? Great. But do you know why they're doing it? you know why they would change their behavior? Do you know why they would be interested in listening? I think that that is a key question that a CEO should be able to ask from their marketers before they approve any investment, before they approve any change in direction, before they actually create strategy. It's a revolution, Peter. We're at the front end of it, my friend. Yes, well, I hope, and you know, the, the beauty of this is that we, I, I was rereading re a very interesting book from David Ogilvy that he wrote way back when he was uh, writing his memories. Yeah, Ogilvy and on advertising. Ogilvy called, on advertising. It? That's what a great a book. Classic. It, yeah. it, is, it is talking about exactly, you know, some of these things, which is about how to relate to people, how to understand them. So this idea is something that can revolutionize our industry for a better in for in in a much better way these ideas have been around for a long time but i think that we have been numb in the last few years with the amount of um, technological beautiful shiny digital toys which i which i also love but they're not enough it's all of this this abundance of data and absence of insight i think has created a lot of the work that we see that is not going anywhere you know, I, I, I was thinking, I, I don't know if you follow the um, the the Festival of Creativity at Cannes, uh, which ended like a week and a half ago. And I was so blown away by the discussion about, there was a lot of techno talk and technology. Yeah. How we're going to get more data and how we're going to process more data and how we're going to get personalization and all of those, <coughs> I'm sorry, buzzwords. But I didn't hear the word consumer customer or insight in any of those big discussions that were published. That's depressing. And, and it is, I say, well, no wonder we're getting all this empty work because it, they, when, we, when we call it insightful, it is disconnected from brands. So it is, um, 
I think that the 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 opportunity to make this change in favor of consumers and brands and society at large, because the better marketers we have, the more the better marketing and businesses we have, the better the, the better off we are. There is more value created. So anyway, so I digress, but I um, going back to those big three big ideas with um, with your client in the automotive industry, uh, which um, are very exciting to talk about. I, I think that if I were in their shoes, I would be definitely jumping on the opportunity to leverage freedom or independence or, or, or power back to consumers uh, to create something meaningful. Yeah, to their employees, yeah, which are consumers of what, what whatever they're doing. So. Well, I'm glad you've got it. Let's hope that the industry can change and 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 get it as well. And this is something, like you said, referring to Ogilvy. This is this is this is nuts and bolts of advertising. This is what it's about. It, 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 it a big idea needs to be grounded in cultural truths, and those cultural truths should be and, and and human truths, and those should be found in in research. And if they're not, then uh, you're not completely doing your job. Or exactly. job instead of job. Exactly. Full stop. Yeah, and I think that. You know, uh, the work that you do becomes even more important. And I think um, marketers should be um, looking for that first before we start creating solutions. One thing I want to go back to something that you said that um, struck a nerve for me. It's I think that understanding the problem, defining the problem is something that um, we believe we already have when we may not have a good definition of the problem. And, um, and marketers and senior leaders sometimes say, well, this is what we need to do because I've decided that that is the problem. And sometimes the problem has to be reworded and, and, and better questions need to be asked by understanding consumers and users, employees better. And, um, and I think that, that when people are open to those conversations, then that's when you become, um, as an organization, you become a consumer-centric organization or a customer-centric organization. And, um, but defining the problem is not something that comes easy. It's, I think it is half the journey. I mean, what would you say about that? I think it is... I would say it doesn't need to be, I'd say it's something that I agree doesn't happen enough, but really it's not that complex. Just ask why. Don't don't ask what. Just ask why. That's it. <laughs> so, there you go. I you know I think that that is uh, maybe the, the 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 headline for today. I mean, don't ask what. Ask why. If you want to get to meaningful strategies. Well, you know, I think um, I am excited that I'm energized as we um, as we go into the week in order to. Uh, continue to uh, understand consumers and influence consumers and do better business based on human strategy, human I'm in, man. I, I love our bi-weekly discussion, Peter. Have a great day. Have a great week. And let's keep asking why. What do you say? Let's keep asking why. That is the word for today and the week. Thank, Thank you, Mike. You. Yeah, Take care, know. my friend. So this brings us to the end of our episode today. I would like to remind you to look for more information in the description of this podcast or on your screen if you're watching this episode on YouTube. This is Peter Rodriguez. I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Thank you. This was Brand Igniter. 
subscribe and join us next time for more insights and stories that help brand leaders achieve exceptional business results. A podcast from Brand Igniter Inc.